0: You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by The Hartford. Welcome back to another episode of Small Biz Ahead, the Small Business Podcast, presented by The Hartford. This is John Adaconis, and I am joined back with Gene Marks. Gene, how are you doing? I am doing fine, John. How are you? Pretty good, thanks. Good. All right, today we are here to talk about marketing during an economic slowdown. Nah, not a big deal. Right? Just not fun, that important. Fun topics, light topics.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not critical at all. Yeah, I you know, I have lots of things to talk about here, but I was kinda of, first of all, let's just I, I was hoping
0: you would jump in first. Like you you're a marketing guy, you're a branding guy. What are your thoughts about Yeah, so I don't think marketing changes. And I think that's actually one of the biggest misnomers is yeah. I have to do something completely different. I think that the tactics I would use would change because your goals are probably different, but I think that the principles are still the same. What are you trying to do and who are you trying to get to do it? Right. So I think, you know, it, it's one of those wonderful answers. It's going to depend on what you do and yep. what your, your challenge is. But I think it's, it starts with taking an assessment. Does a slow down economy impact your business negatively? Mm. And that's where I think, cause it's going to impact you one way or another. You're either going to do better or the same or worse, but, right. um, but I think that there's some people who are poised to to compete more, right? You think about people who sell more on value. You think about people who provide kind of a, like a, a cost competitive service. Right. They might actually see an initial bump, right? right? I think that the question comes down to to how does that waterfall? You know, I go back to like 2008. At the time, I was behind a lot of bars in, in New York and mm-hmm. the Mid-Atlantic. And what we started to see in kind of this, you know, what I'll call like elevated local concepts were fine dining diners were now coming to these kind of more trendy casual spots sure. right so we actually benefited because right. we we weren't priced out of the economy at the time right? right we still had our regulars we still had the everyday but we started to see this bulk of business come from people who wanted the, kind of the next step down on like the price level right so for us it was a good thing and then it's how do you keep them right sure. so to me it comes back to to communication and service almost always Especially when people are thinking more, you know, focused on where every dollar and every penny is going, you got to make sure that you're adding some kind of value to their life and experience, right? So I, I, I don't know if it's as much about marketing first, as much as it is about really kind of cleaning up your own house and making sure you're doing the best at what you do first.
1: Because you're not really, you
0: know, in that example, it's not like you're really talking about marketing. You're talking about more like branding yourself as well, right? Yeah, and I think that that's where, you know, when when everything's going good and everybody has money and it's just kind of, you know, everyone's out at the beach yelling, you just need to be the loudest person to get attention, sure. right? And that's where I think you're going to see a lot of tactics in in what I call normal times, right? So you're doing mass reach things, are you on TV, or you kind of, you know, taking over radio or you're doing a lot of events, or you kind of just you're really just competing for the volume, mm. right? And for the attention. I think that it's a little bit different when if you're in the the boat of, you know, okay, people are slowing down and I need to, to capture either more business from my existing customers, or I need to prevent them from going to someone else. That's a different game, right? So that starts to talk a lot about more like customer experience, brand experience, what do you really stand for? And do people know it? I think that goes really back to service. So are people getting not only what they want, but in a way that feels really good to them? You know, I, I, I think it's a lot about adding value versus like taking out costs. So what can you do within the parameters if you have to make that kind of extra special? I think it's about making things really easy and frictionless. So if you're in like a, a service or an retail based business, right, that it, it can't be clunky. And right. that might be shifting from like a platform management to a person management kind of style to make sure people really know what's going on. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it, it becomes more about refining who you are and how you operate. And then of course, making sure you can communicate that. Right. But I think it comes down to, are you trying to attract new right now? Because that, that might not be the right thing for you. Or are you trying to keep what you have and kind of get the most out of them? Because then you're really in a customer engagement play versus like a true, like advertising or kind of brand awareness type way.
1: So I, and, and guys for, you know, you're, if you're listening to this conversation, it's, you know, John is a marketing guy. I mean, this is what John does at, you know, at, at the Hartford. And I'm curious, you know, John, you do spend a lot of time and money here on branding. And then you also have activities that are lead generation as well. And I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on branding for like a small, a small business. It's different when you're at the Hartford and there's, you know, you want to see that Hartford you know, banner on, you know, in a a baseball game or whatever, like that, that does have a long term, but it doesn't necessarily turn into a lead right away. You know, small businesses have a lot less resources. So what are, what are your thoughts on branding for a small business versus lead generation marketing?
0: Yeah, I think, I think that they both have a role, right? So I think that when you think about what I'll call brand marketing or kind of, you know, kind of top funnel marketing, okay. It's hard for people to get their head around it sometimes because it's not an immediate ROI. It's not, a, I exactly. got a paid search ad and I saw that convert and, and now I have a sale. But without it, you're less likely to get the rest, right? So when you think about anything in your life, if you need to buy gas, you want to go buy clothes, you want to... You know, you're thinking about where you can go run an errand. There's probably some association that comes when you have to complete a transaction or task of where you're going to go do it. Mm. And a lot of that's what happens in kind of a brand marketing or kind of brand experience level, right? So if you can be a top of mind choice for people when they're considering a purchase, you're more likely to get the purchase because they don't have to find you. And whether they know you or think they know you or think they know what to expect from you everything else kind of rises with that. Right. So is
1: that like an example of like when I, cause I never thought of myself doing a lot of branding work, but in my, in my business, I send out uh, newsletters, you know, based on the products that we sell, we sell five products. So we have five different newsletters to get sent out. And um, th- I get every month that I'll send out newsletters and somebody, you know, a few people or a handful of people will respond back to me saying, like, you know, I've been getting your newsletters for the past few years. And we're now looking for something that you might be able to help us with. Like it was like a you know it wasn't a legion. it was a branding thing. I guess I mean newsletter marketing
0: is like a branding type of exercise for a small business does that Does that make sense to you yeah, I think it can be. I think it depends who you're who, your mailing right yeah. so um but yeah, I think that the more you can stay in people's mind in the forefront, yeah the more likely they are to think of you or or hopefully choose you when it comes time to to getting a service or product you provide right, right. so People can't do something that they don't know about. So if they don't know that you're the one who sells a CRM right. system, like th- right. they're not going to think about you to buy it. Right. Um, but people are not always in the, the moment of shopping when they're willing to understand and learn about new things, right? So it's kind of that balance because if they're already like, hey, I need to go get XYZ and I'm on the way to get it they're not going to go 20 minutes in a different direction to go somewhere else unless like they're shot down and now they have to restart the process. Right. So let me figure out who sells this. Let me figure out who does this. Let me go through kind of understanding, like what do other people think about them? What do I think about them? What do they say that they do? What do they actually do? Right. And a lot of that comes from brand. So the more top of mind you are, and I think mm-hmm. this is pretty universal for any category. Mm-hmm. Again, it's, it's not always like we all have things in our brains that we can draw and recall really quickly that we don't like, mm-hmm. but more often than not, if someone can name you at a an unprompted basis, yep. So not like, hey, have you heard of the Marks Group? Yep. If someone's like, hey, I need to get a CRM solution, let yep. me call the Marks Group.
1: Yeah, you know, because we've we've you know, we've seen emails from them before, or we have a you know a, a friend of mine who mentioned them before, or we've seen their you know uh, their advertisements at our trade group or something, right? Right, something like that. And it takes some time for that to happen. Yeah, it so, does. You know, I
0: think that the science says it takes six times for a person to yeah. see something you're really committed to memory. I think it takes six to 10 times every four weeks yeah. just because we're in such a, a, a swamped and kind of like
1: high information
0: overload. Right. And and we can't really shut down anymore. So right. you think about how many times you see a brand impression a day. You drive down the street, you see a sign on all the fast food restaurants, you see them on shopping malls, you see them on, you know, your receipts or the back of your receipts for other brands You're sure. on your phone and you're getting sponsored content sent through like your news app. You know, you open it up and then you see an ad on social media. So. The, the amount of information that a human interacts with every second, even in your car, you know, yep. you're driving down the street and you're looking at a logo on your dashboard. Yep. So you're constantly reminded of 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 companies and products and services around you. And there's not a lot of capacity for something new and then the education that comes with it. Yep. So there is that just getting on the field before you can even play the game. And then I think that's where you get a lot of the other things. So once you're kind of there, your associated people kind of get you. Then you can compete kind of in those lower funnel tactics. So do I want to do you know, paid search kind of acquisition ads? Am I doing kind of lead generation and, and and offers like that? But I I don't think a lot of that works for long-term value or to kind of weather the storm without some kind of brand equity, which takes time. It does. But it's also what you do. Right. So, we, you know, you can promote your brand. Right. But your brand is really your business strategy. I always thought like the brand as well.
1: Like when I look at my company over the past you know, 20 years I've been running it, I can't deny that, that the way vast majority of leads that come to me for new projects are by referrals. You know, they're from, and you gave the example earlier of like, you know, the restaurant, you know, and running a, you know, during a, you know, the you know, during a recession, the high end, you know, restaurants weren't attracting many, but then, you know, but people had to have a good experience at that restaurant. Right. So that they would go back and tell their friends and, you know, cause that work, you know, you know what I mean? And like. I kind of feel like for a small business that you could spend money on the advertising, you could spend money on online search, you can, whatever, but there's almost like no branding that can even compete with just doing a good job. You know what I mean? It's like focusing right. on
0: that. that. And I, you know, we talked about that before in a couple episodes, I think, I think that's the first step. So I think like your brand strategy is your business strategy. And if you look at them as two separate things then they're never going to make sense together. Right. right. And then the, the brand marketing right? That's how people learn about your reputation. So there's a difference between brand and marketing that kind of all work together to start to push through then like sales acquisition, customer loyalty, right? But they... You need to do what you say. Yes. Then you need to let people know what you do. Yes. And then they need to want what you do. And that's when you start to kind of like, okay, we're going to, we're going to remind you, but also let you know, not only do we do this, but you should buy it from us because of this. Right. Right. And then you should keep buying it from us because we continue to prove it out in our business function every day. So if we say that we're trustworthy and loyal and, you you know, I think about Nordstrom, right? Yep. Kind of being known for being that company who would never give you a hassle with a return. Right. You know, the, they never gave you a hassle with a return. I don't know if that's still true today. Right. Um. But, you know, it's um, it's one of those things where if you say you, you're going to do it, get it really tidied up first, right, and then talk about it. And I think right. that's what kind of the, the core, especially when people are being more judicious with their money, when they're more concerned, when they start to look at what maybe was a, a habitual or a necessity purchase in their mind before is now an extra. Right. Yeah. Um, ha- make sure that you're, you're really giving every value to that dollar that you can, because they're giving every consideration to it before they spend it. So
1: if you were running your own business, I mean, this, this whole conversation about marketing, you know, during, you know, an economic slowdown. And I think branding is so important, you know, to do that. So, and, and again, you know, again, you're running a restaurant because what else will we talk about? What would you do? Like, what would you do to build your brand per se? I'm not talking about lead gen here. I'm talking about what would be your long-term branding strategy?
0: Yeah. So I think, I think you're right. And you said something really interesting about how a lot of the, the referrals you're getting now are kind of through customer referrals. Yeah. So I think one is, and by the way, cart
1: before the horse, you know, egg before the chicken, like, don't you need customers so you can do a good job? How do you
0: get those initial customers? You know, I mean, it's all, yeah, you know, no silver bullet to answer that question, you know, but well, well if you're new, right, yeah, you probably tough. have some kind of network or audience that believes in you or trust you or you hope. So if that's friends, if good that's point. family, if that's colleagues who kind of were like, yeah, you should go out on your own. If that's investors you've been talking to, I mean, it's going to depend on your, your initial situation. But use those people and use their networks, you know. So I think a lot of times we're afraid to ask for things. But if you really think about it, if you're asked of, most people are happy to help. So that's so if you were opening up. And by the way, I'm using the example of a
1: restaurant, but this can apply to any business. You're opening up a restaurant. Your first step would be, okay, I got to get to prove my brand and to prove that as good as I am. I need to get customers in the door. And the first place to look for customers is my my network and the networks of my friends'
0: networks. That's probably what you would do. Yeah. You would that, your that my vendors, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I'll i caveat this. With certain things, I, I would never open up that business unless I'd been at least peripherally involved in the industry <laughs> for a couple of years prior. Good advice. Or I built like a network of mentors and relationships kind of before. Okay. I'm going to put that assumption on, at least in the restaurant example, right. because and if you're in the restaurant concept, business, you also have to be a little insane. Right. Like, damn, putting all that together. And when <laughs> your, your coworkers usually become like family, you, you tend to, if you're in that industry, have a network of like minded people in the industry. Right. So you think about your opening staff. Right. That's going to be a, a, a way to kind of get people to know come visit me, like incentivize them. Right. You know, and pull out the, the classic tricks. Right. So if it's a restaurant example. If if you have a bar, mm-hmm. you know, give your bartenders a comp tab. So, mm-hmm. okay, every night you can give away X amount of drinks or X amount of dollars mm-hmm. to kind of incentivize people to, to come stay. They feel like they're special. They want to tell their friends. They feel like they're they're being taken care of. That's a really low-cost way because it's just costing you the cost. It's mm-hmm. not costing you the price, right? Mm-hmm. And it's true. if you have someone who feels like they're, they're a celebrity when they walk in, they're probably going to bring five or ten of their friends who are going to augment whatever loss sure. that was. Okay. I'm one. feeling like a celebrity is like basically like, yeah, hey, I know the owner of this place. You right. know, come, right? okay. How many people know someone who knows the owner? Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's one. I think the other thing is work with your vendors. So yeah. you know, especially if you're in food service, you you probably have some local affiliate of a, of a vendor group kind of a supply chain that you're getting. So you're you might be ordering a national or international product, but it's coming from a local food supplier, a liquor distributor, a beer distributor, right? Those people probably have 15, 20 accounts each, and they know the staff, and they've done training, and they've done rewards. Like, like use them to let people know that you're opening, right? They want their accounts to be successful because it's more sales for them. Sure. I think look at your community, right? So if you're – again, I think that there's something really unique about restaurants and food where it's about a place of gathering and usually a place of community when you think about when you're talking about, like, new cities that you're visiting. Usually when the first question is, oh, where's the best place to eat, right? So – Play into that. So maybe that's when you're doing your opening or, mm. you know, when you do your, your soft opening, right? If you don't have one, maybe you add that, right? Mm. Where you can kind of get some kinks out and people start to know about you and they don't have to pay as much. Mm. Maybe you tie your, your grand opening to some kind of charity where you can leverage their network to know because they're benefiting from it too. So I think it's...
1: All of these ideas, by the way, cost nothing. Right, it's relationships. Yep. It's, it's, it's just all it's relationships time. and you're looking for referrals. And I, and I, it gets back to, the, I think the point I was making is that, um... The the idea is to try and get, you know, people in the door and get customers to show them how good you are with the the, the intention of them turning around and spreading the word. And that's how you grow your business, how you grow your brand.
0: Right. And I, th- I think especially if you're new in business, if you're if you're dealing with budget constraints because of everything going on in the world. Right. There's mm. there's a lot of ways where you can maybe reduce profit versus incurring costs, but build value. Right. Sure. So you kind of you're trading off like the eighteen percent you might have made off an opening ticket to, to fifteen because part of that's going back to sure. community organization, something else, right? So I, I'd look for ways like that. What what are ways that actually are not a hard cost for you, you know, or an out of pocket cost rather.
1: Which but, and, and if I can also jump in on that on that thought as well. There is nothing there is nothing wrong. In fact, there's a lot of things right about taking your first six months or years profits. As long as you're covering your costs. And by the way, that cost should include you. Right. And you're getting, you know, hopefully you're getting uh, some, taking a salary compensation. But, you know, to take those profits and reinvesting them in activities like you just said, um, to bring those customers in the door But the idea there they're going to invest in that in that first year because that is going to pay off over the next five, 10, 15 years. And I, I think that's a really good tactic to take. And you don't have to take all of your profits, but, you know, like
0: you said, a portion of them to give them back. Yeah, and I think I mean, and I think those rules apply to, to other Any industries, business. too. Right. Any so business. I think if you're in retail and. You're opening a new, you know, boutique or clothing store, yep. like pretty easy to find people who are probably thought of as fashionable yep. or a good shopper. Right. And if you, if you can kind of use them in their networks or you probably have an interest and have friends. Right. Sure. Have people who who have enough in common with you where you share some kind of taste. So I think one is don't be afraid to use your networks. It doesn't mean. Turn them into now kind of like a like a spam bot channel. Yeah, understood. You know, be, be selective. I You think can I'm, ask and people want to help. Yeah. But they I think do. especially for new in business, that's exciting. You know, they feel like a personal connection. There's an emotional connection to that. Sure. People are happy to.
1: Also the world funny better. about stuff like that. And this all is part of branding. Like, you know, um, we have a, if you go and search for my company on Google, you know, there's a, a few people have left reviews. And, um, I was like, you know, I, we should have more reviews, you know, on Google. Cause people do, you know, look at that. And, you know, I reached out to like 50 clients, just you know, and emailed them and said, Hey, would you mind, you know, is that? I mean, they're all like, yeah, sure. We'd love to. And if people want to, it's not asking much to do that. And that helps. That's a brand thing as well from an online perspective, but reaching out to your network is something that, um, I think people underestimate because we hate to ask, we hate to be a bother, but I think people you know, I don't know. I mean, you you're opening up a restaurant. You're asking me to, like, come by and bring some friends or whatever. I would because you want to help out the people that you know and you like, you know.
0: Yeah. And I think I think the review one's a good point, too, because I think, you know, that it's very easy to to work that into something that you're doing. So if it's on a receipt, if it's on an email, follow up an invoice, yeah. like you can give people the option please leave us an online review. And by the way, those online reviews are huge. Right. They or are. send us your feedback. And if you can build that into a way where maybe you get permission to use some of their vape verbatim, I, I think people like hearing from people. And by the way, my story on my online reviews
1: here, not to get too offline is that I had like four reviews for years. Like it just, I don't know based on the nature of people weren't leaving like online. I wasn't asking for them, whatever. One of them is a horrible review. And this could be like a whole other topic of a podcast, but um, somebody left me like, a, like a one-star review and really, you know, you know, kill us. And in in some cases he was right. I mean, it was, it was in some cases it was justified, but we had rectified that years ago, but it was still out there. I can't tell you how many times I would speak to like a prospect and they'd be like, okay, yeah, we're interested in working for you, but I got to ask you a question. Like I saw on Google, yeah, we had like three reviews and one was like a bad review and yet it resonated with more than you would think like saying like, can you explain like why that, you know, like from five years ago, and that's what prompted me to be like, you know what, I need to get like 50 good reviews on here to like completely bury that bad review. Those kinds of things really impact your brand. You know, what other people are saying and people tend to gravitate towards the negative rather than the positive. So you have to be really careful about that stuff and you shouldn't be afraid to ask your customers, leave us a review or, you know, you know, give us a good statement on Yelp or something like that. It, it's, that's all part of your brand as well.
0: It is. And I think it goes back to the, the comment kind of on, on staff and experience, right? So even bad customers are customers and yes. they still want and, and deserve a, a good experience. In yes. Most situations. as a customer, as a yes. person, you could argue. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, that that's a good point is that people tend to express, feelings when they're strong yes and and generally negative correct right that's what people do unless it's a way above and beyond kind of positive right so you know my advice to people is always to look at the three-star reviews if they're looking for a vendor because those tend to be the most true but i think if you're in a business and if you have um if you're on review platforms or if you're the kind of business that would be reviewed which i don't think anything is is really not you know i i think you need to be an active participant in that conversation so if you don't have a claimed you know business page on business sites profile like facebook or google, google things like that yeah. right i would say look into that and look to see where your customers are talking about you already or have um, it, it's pretty simple on most of those sites to create like a like an google account profile owner page. is very simple it gives you some control yep. so You know, I think there's something, you know, you made a really good comment. There was some truth to the negative review. And I think that that's the first thing when you're looking at these, you you kind of have, you have to take yourself out of it, which is hard when it's your business or your, your team. Right. Um, But, but what they perceive versus what's reality could be true. It could not be. There could be a learning there. I still took um, the air out of his tires, by the way. Yeah. I <laughs> was very I don't, upset. That don't thing. recommend that. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, responding to those publicly, like not not kind of hiding from them is, is a good thing to do if you can do it in a way that's like tempered. Right. Yep. So I don't think you go back on and wage a, a war online. Right. Mm-hmm. I think. But it's like, hey, thank you for the feedback or. You know i understand we thought this was remedied like let us know if we can do anything else like show the fact that you're not gonna leave someone hanging um whether or not they react you're really doing it more to your point for the people that are seeing it they see the full circle they, they see that you want to close the loop and then if someone responds or doesn't respond that's on you uh, or on them yeah i i think the other thing too is to you know um like like take the learning from it right so If it's something where you're seeing your bad reviews spike on the same time every week, like, is it a staffing issue? Is it, you know, something that's going on at that time? You know, is it um, all in one product? Is it something where maybe what's being sold, the expectation should be there, but maybe it's communicated in a different way? You know, there might be ways to also kind of. I
1: just I just want to emphasize, though, that, again, this conversation is about marketing in a slower economy. And I think for a small business, people are always saying, like, where do we spend Our marketing money, and we have limited resources, you know. And, you know, and I always think, like, you know, if you do a really good job you know, you'll get, refer- I just learned that my, you know, people will refer, people go to good restaurants. They keep coming back when they enjoy the experience, same thing in any B2B business as well. So it's all about doing a good job and building a brand around that, doing what you say you're going to do. Um, you got to get customers in the door. So some of the ideas that you brought up were really, really helpful, you know, to, to do that. If you're running any business like grand openings and special, your promoting, which are, don't cost you that much to do, but we shouldn't be ignoring You know, online as well, because, again, it's all a part about references and testimonials and people telling their friends, sometimes people that you don't even know are commenting about you online and people
0: read that stuff. And that's part of your brand and you have to pay attention to it. They do. And I think I think all this kind of goes to the first thing is you kind of have to have a clean house before you invite people over. So true. So So true. You know, I do think there's merit and and a need to let people know about what you do because you can do the best thing in the world and no one knows about it. Right, it's you know not going to help. But you also want to make sure in a in a world where people are going to be scrutinizing you to a different level before they even get to know you, that you're not leaving kind of a, a stone unturned on on showing who you are and what your business does and what your team does and what your product does. Right. So I think like these kind of things really help do that. It kind of helps create a good baseline. So if you are then spending money on like local TV or radio or or whatever it is that works for you, when people start to then search, like, hey, okay, I want to check out this new place, they're they're not disappointed or, or kind Correct. of turned off before they even come in. Correct. So it kind of gives you the right to compete. I think when it comes to like what should you do or where should you spend, I think that's really gonna depend on what it is your challenge is, right? So people not spending in general. Is a challenge that i don't think any amount of marketing is going to overcome i think you have to look at your business and figure out like how can you capitalize or so if it is a restaurant you know I, i would look at your meal period so if you bring more people in you also have to staff and have more product so if your dinners are doing really well you have a great happy hour you have a good late night you know maybe what you need to focus on is lunch which is going to be a very different tactic like if you're a place that does you know sandwiches burgers stuff like that salads Maybe your step should actually be finding someone starting reaching out to like pharmaceutical sales reps who are ordering lunches to deliver to offices. Right. right? Maybe it's talking to corporate campuses, you know, again, talk, talk to your suppliers who might have big teams that they need to feed, you know, maybe Hmm. it's some kind of loyalty program where you're, you're extra incentivized if you come in during certain times, but I don't think it's always about necessarily spending or taking off. Like I I'd say avoid the discount because discounts become expectations. You know, I think in terms of channel tactics, it's really going to depend on, again, what the product is. Can they buy it online? Then maybe paid search works for you. But that's also a game where you're going to pay more. Someone else is going to pay more. So if you're in a really competitive space, that might not work for you. Um, But I think kind of the fundamentals of having a good business, right, making sure your reputation is kind of protected and then kind of building on that is, is the first part. Yep. We done
1: <laughs> it's, you know, you know, the, it, this conversation, I know we're limited on time for each of these segments, but, um, uh, you know, we could, we could talk, uh, you know, again about lead gen when it comes to marketing and some of the marketing tools that are out there. But I don't know. I just, you know, you and I, we, we get into this conversation about branding and doing a good job for your, your customers. And I've just learned over the years that that's just been like the most important, it's it's probably the best bang for your buck when it comes to marketing. So I hope that message gets through in this segment.
0: I think so. Yeah. And I think, you know, that would be the first place I would start is how can you maximize your relationship with existing customers? Because it's most likely going to be easier for you to do that and create more opportunity for you to have the resources to attract new ones, right? Most of our audience, I feel like are established business owners. They they understand who their customer is. You know, I think it, it never hurts to do a segment station that yeah segmentation strategy? Are there higher value customers? Can you increase the lifetime value of a customer? Right. What does that look like? That's where I'd really start, right? I think on if you are in an industry where you're likely to lose kind of flow, then how do you attract new? And what I would start to look for really then is where is that flow going to trickle down from? Because it's likely more of a, a step on the rung, you know, especially in an economic situation than Than some new development of like a new target audience or someone looking for something different than what they had before. They're looking for probably a different way to get the experience they had before Mm -hmm. or kind of the quality they had before or the next level down because they maybe they were kind of that was more of a luxury purchase or more of an emotional one. So I think it's it's understanding kind of where you fit in that ballgame and that gives you a lot more direct tactics. So then if you want to talk about things like conquest online advertising. So I want to go after brand X because I expect them and their target to now kind of come to to a company like me. Yeah. That's something you can do on most programmatic platforms. You can do with most individual media companies that you, you buy and vend with. I think you could then talk about things like search that are more acquisition based. And I think it's looking for the things that people are trading off of and then building that into your bigger tempo moments. Right. So do you need to start communicating a message of like affordable, um, kind of like luxury or opulence? Like, is that where you sit in like a, probably more of a restaurant retail space is it more we're a friendly everyday place and we're going to make things really easy for you because everything before was complex and now people are trying to kind of get simpler so i'd say kind of think about your industry think about the the level above and below and where you can either bring up or kind of take down and that's probably how you can kind of bolster a little bit of extra income in this time too
1: everyone, you have been listening to the Hartford Small Biz Ahead podcast. That was John Adaconis talking. My name is Gene Marks. Thanks for listening. If you need any other advice or help or tips uh, to help you run your business, please visit us at smallbizahead.com or sba.thehartford.com. We're going to have another conversation about marketing as well. Uh, Lead generation is what I think would make a lot of sense, but hope you got a lot of value out of this one. So thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Take care.